You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today, we are on episode 186. Christmas is actually on Sunday, so I hope all of you are doing well and uh, you're prepared for the holidays. Today's topic is holidays and mold. We typically talk about this uh, every year, right before Christmas, around Christmas. And, you know, the biggest reason why is, is, you know, we're we're having a lot of family. We probably are eating foods you're normally not eating. You're probably in places that, for the most part, you don't spend a whole lot of time uh, the rest of the year. So maybe you're over at your in-laws or cousins, siblings, parents, could be anywhere. So that's why we we like to just talk about holidays and mold. Something that most people don't think about when you're experiencing mold sickness is where are you being exposed? A lot of times you just assume, well, it's at my house. You know, there was this water stain from a tub leak a couple of years ago and it hasn't really been fixed right. You know, my spouse says he's going to fix it or she... And at the end of the day, you just haven't fixed it. So you just naturally would assume that the mold exposures happen at your own home. A lot of times that, I'm not saying that's not the case, but a lot of times you could be exposed to mold in many different places. Could be in your car, could be at work, could be at school, and then going back to the holidays, it could be at your in-laws, your aunt's house, your grandmother's. There's a lot of places that, that obviously you could be exposed to mold. You know, some some of you may be traveling, so you're on an airplane. Airplanes, I, I'm i not going to say this in a very confident way, but I'm fairly confident that airlines are pretty good about air quality. I know, you know, with COVID, 
they said, and when I say they, the experts said, you know, airplanes were probably safer than many other places, even though you're in close proximity to, to other passengers. But it's because, you know, the filtration systems they have on those airplanes. So, you know, if you're on an airplane, I my point is, is it's, I'm not going to say it couldn't happen, but it's not likely that it's an airplane, but you could be, you could be in an Uber or wherever. You could be in a uh, Airbnb. Uh, you could be anywhere, a hotel, and that could be where you're being exposed. So that's why at this time of year, it's something we like to talk about just because, you know, a lot of people are traveling a lot. Like I said, you're eating foods. There are foods you can eat that actually can, can produce mycotoxins in your body. Keep that in mind. That's something that's really important with, with, with toxic mold sickness or any mold sickness Make sure you understand where you're being exposed. When we talk about different places you could be, let's just say, you know, you're at your grandmother's or your parents for a few days or a hotel. Like, what should you be looking for to make sure that it's that home or that property is not making you sick? The biggest thing we always talk about for mold prevention is elevated humidity levels. Those obviously can be monitored with the humidity gauge. You can purchase those for really, really cheap. You can get, you know, a decent one for less than $10. And they're small. You can take them with you when you travel. It's, it's something that, in my opinion, you should take with you. I, I would keep one always in your, you know, bathroom travel bag. But anyhow, if you have that humidity gauge, you can have it in the room you're staying in at your, your parents' or the hotel room. That humidity should never be higher than 50%. So that's a really great tool that's inexpensive that you could use to really monitor, I wouldn't say mold levels, that doesn't tell you if there's mold, but if there should be mold concerns. Mold has to have 60% humidity for the mold to become viable and start reproducing. Um, that's when the mold spores start to spread. If it's below 60%, it's not viable. It's what we call a non-viable state. You can call it dormant. I never call it dead because mold, in my opinion, is never dead. But it has to have that humidity over 60%. Once it's below that, it goes into the non-viable state. It's still there. It's just not growing and getting larger. So keep that in mind. That's why humidity levels are very important. You know, let's just say you're at your parents' house. You're, you know, traveling with your spouse and maybe, you know, Maybe you have young children. Where should you, like, if you have a little humidity gauge, where should you put that? It To me, it would be wherever you, you know, let's just say one of your children has asthma. I would keep that in their room that they're staying in and just kind of monitor it. You don't need to make a big deal. You don't have to tell your mom or your dad, like, hey, you know, I listened to this guy on, on, on iTunes and he has his podcast and he, he's, he's really big on mold prevention. And so I'm going to make sure that your home's safe. You got to be obviously careful the approach you use with, with whoever's home you're staying in, but you wouldn't even have to let them know. It's just a little small humidity gauge. You can monitor that. Another area that obviously, and I see it all the time, my wife knows <laughs> that when we go into a hotel, one of the first places I look is the areas adjacent to the, the tub or the shower. It's typically on that wall, just above the floor level. I'm always looking for mold concerns there. Bathrooms are obviously a very hot spot for mold. And, you know, sometimes it could be from our bad habits. Maybe 
you know, kids are splashing all the time in the tub. So that's, you know, creating a moisture intrusion event, making the walls, the floors wet. It could be also just a defect. Maybe the shower door is not sealed properly. It could be many things. But my point is, is sometimes it can be you that's causing it. And then you can be the one that prevents it. Sometimes you can't. Um, one thing that we always talk about next to, you know, humidity gauges and elevated humidity levels is ventilation. That's, if you were to ask me, you know, what's one thing that we could do to make sure there are no mold problems, I would say ventilation. But also I understand that you can't always ventilate everything properly. In a wall cavity, how do you ventilate that? Typically you couldn't, but why would the elevated humidity be a concern? Well, in a wall cavity, it would probably be because something's leaking. So the whole point is, is, you know, lack of ventilation is something that we see all the time that leads to mold infestations. And I always say, you know, if you would have had proper ventilation, it would have prevented these concerns. So keep that in mind too. When, when you're taking showers, you know, we all have different preferences when it comes to showering, how long we're going to shower, what the temperature of the water is. A lot of that would contribute to the high humidity levels. And, you know, most people think that those fans, they're typically a fan in a bathroom, or I shouldn't say typically. A lot of people call it a fart fan. So they, I think they assume that it's for smell, and it's not. Those fans are there to get rid of that humid air and take it outside, which would prevent condensation, which could lead to literally water dripping. So keep that in mind too. When when you're traveling or you're staying at a hotel, most hotels though, you don't have a fan switch, which I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole other episode. But my point is in a, in a hotel bathroom, you typically can't control that fan. A lot of the the larger hotels, they're, they're automatic fans that just run all the time. What you can do, though, is you can make sure that you get that, that bathroom ventilated properly after you're done in the shower. So pay attention to those kinds of things when, when even at home, but also when you're traveling. You know, something else that, that we, we bring up and we talk about every year when we talk about this is, is so let's say you're at your grandmother's home. You walk in the door. It smells musty. So automatically you're 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 kind of always thinking, yeah, you know, there's got to be something going on, but it's always been like this. This is my grandma's house and you know, I I want to see my grandma and I want to spend time with her. You know, what should you do? And and that one's a tough one to answer, you know, like I said, we talk about it every year. Sometimes it's a good excuse to not go to the in-laws, but sometimes you know, it's, it might be somewhere you want to be. How would you approach that? Would you would you go to your father-in-law and say, hey, you know, I listen to this guy. Uh, he has a podcast. He talks about high humidity and smells. And I think you got a mold problem. It's probably not the right way to, to address that. It's a tough, you know, I guess my point is it's a tough line to walk. What do you say? Should you say anything? That obviously is all based on your relationship. You know, if it was, let's just say it's your brother's house. You go over there and you're like, hey, man, you know. Just so you know, like it, it smells really musty in here and, you know, the humidity seems high. Like, has that ever been a concern? And if your brother blows you off, is like, oh, it's fine. It's always been this way. Then at the end of the day, it's his home. There's not much you can do. But on the other hand, you're making him aware of, hey, there could be a concern. So my point is, is be careful how you approach people. 
when you want to address a mold issue because, you know, and I say this all the time, my wife and I always say approach is everything. And if you go to your 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 mother, father-in-law, and you're kind of snarky and, and have just a, a tone of voice where you're, you, you, you come across like he's just complaining or she's just complaining, like we can't do anything right. They think we got mold in our home. So there's another reason they don't want to come over. Just be careful how you approach it because, like I said, we all look at it differently. We hear all the time, you know, last week we were talking about mold testing. We hear all the time how people just say, oh, mold's naturally present. You're just, you're a hypochondriac. It's not that. Um, and then you have other people that, that go overboard um, when it comes to mold concerns. So just make sure you know um, who you're dealing with. So one thing before we wrap this up is another thing that comes up during the holidays is Christmas trees. And it's something that, you know, we, we talked uh, in, in my newest book, I talk about a scenario where, you know, we had to figure out, and I mentioned it last week, we had to figure out, you know, was it the hay that was making the client sick? Was it plants in their home? Was it anything in the home because they had just moved into a new place? Like what was making them sick? Was it really mold or was it something else? Christmas trees or, you know, some of you might have artificial ones and you, you would say, well, that doesn't matter. It's, we, you know, we have a fake tree, so that can't cause mold. That's not necessarily true. You know, where, where you store that tree all year round could determine whether it's moldy or not. And I know you would think, well, you know, I put the tree up and I put all the ornaments on it and it's fine. I know there's no mold on that. Well, you don't know for sure. Obviously mold spores are microscopic, but you could be storing that Christmas tree in a humid area or, you know, right underneath something that's dripping in your, your storage shed that could have a mold concern. So don't just assume because it's a fake tree that you can't obviously have mold concerns. But mainly when, when, when I think about Christmas trees, I lean more towards the, you, you got, you know, you went down to the Boy Scout lot and you bought a, a Christmas tree there and it's a live tree You've got to water it, so that could cause concerns. Don't always assume that it's mold because you could, somebody in your home or yourself, you could have an allergy to that type of pine tree. Keep that in mind when, when you think about Christmas trees. You know, if you if you seem to not be having issues most of the year and then all of a sudden you guys put up a Christmas tree and you're sneezing, you have headaches, there's, you know, just negative health effects, you could be allergic to that tree. Or uh, another scenario that, that we see, um, and I talk about a lot when we talk about plants and like, you know, water bowls for your dogs, you could be overwatering it. Let's just say that the Christmas tree's on carpet in that stand. Maybe you have a, a younger child that, that they love to water that tree. They could be overwatering that and that's obviously introduce some moisture to the carpet and then the pad and then the subfloor. So you have all the cellulose materials there. You have, um, it's likely that it could be elevated humidity. So that could cause a mold concern. So keep that in mind when you have Christmas trees. It's, I'm not saying don't use them. We all love them. But make sure you, you're monitoring, especially if it's a live tree, you're monitoring the water. Um, if you're getting sick, maybe it's the type of tree you have. Maybe you can just take antihistamines and you're fine. So keep that in mind um, with Christmas trees. So 
Here's my call to action. Christmas is going to be on Sunday. I hope all of you are ready for that. If you don't celebrate it, happy holidays. Um, but be aware of your surroundings. That's that's something that, you know, we, we get caught up in our everyday hectic lives and we think, man, I'm just too busy. I don't even think about that. But be aware of your surroundings. That's something that I think a lot of people overlook. You know, maybe they're being exposed to mold at work and they don't even pay attention to the ceiling right above them. That ceiling could have water stains and it's causing mold concerns. So pay attention to your surroundings. We do have, so CNC contractor services, as you know, um, I'm not real good on, on the tech side of this stuff, the digital side, um, but we're doing a lot of, of new things trying to digitize um, CNC contractor services. And something that we're working on right now, hopefully it'll be available soon, is we have digital bundles. And what those are, are they're, and they're all gonna be priced differently, but they're, they're actual worksheets and bundles of information that's really important. It's a lot of the, the content I'm putting in those bundles are things that I talk about and consult with a lot of my clients. Do we cover everything? No, because mold's very unique in how it affects all of us. But there are, there are going to be bundles where you can literally go to our website. I believe the lowest price one's going to be like $39. You can literally purchase that bundle and it's going to give you a lot of important information when it comes to, you know, like mold sickness, mold discovery, how to choose who your mold inspector is going to be, what to do if you have mold concerns. So there's going to be a lot of information that, you know, you can literally just go purchase and then you can download that digital bundle and you're going to have worksheets and checklists and everything you need. So, you know, you can go to my website, cnccontractorservices.com. Um, those should be available here pretty soon. It, it might be after the first of the year, but we are going to have those um, up and going soon. So I appreciate you listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast. And for those of you that celebrate Christmas, have a Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.